Hey, everybody. It, it's, I really am excited to be here. Um, my name, if you don't know me, my name is Lewis Lovett. I'm the campus minister here. Uh, some of my ladies are over here. Um, really good slides tonight, I thought. Uh, I've, I've been excited for this night for a while, m- mostly because of getting to share great news about Abby and about, and about Abby and Ben. Um, but also because I, I just missed, I missed worshiping with this group. And I'm really excited for what we're going to do in our, um, in our series this semester. We're starting a new series called Questions from Jesus. Questions from Jesus. And so what we're going to do each week this semester is we're going to look at a different question that Jesus asks. And he, he uh, is filled, the Gospels are filled with these conversations where he's asking really hard questions to people. He asks questions to, to people like those who are sick. He says things to them like, do you want to be healed? He says things like, do you believe that I'm able to do this? He has conversations with his disciples. He asks them questions like, why did you doubt? Why were you afraid? He asks questions to complete strangers like, why are you weeping? He asks questions uh, in intimate one-on-one conversations like, do you love me? And so what we're going to do tonight is what I, my, my hope is to kind of explain through this first question uh, why we're doing this. Because there's a lot of different ways you can look at Jesus. We could have done a series on the miracles of Jesus or the parables of Jesus or the prayers of Jesus. But, but, we're, doing, but we're doing questions. And the, and the question that we're going to start with tonight is what are you seeking? What are you seeking? Um, and, and my hope is that you'll see that these questions that Jesus asks while they're uh, alarming most of the time, or actually ask for our good. And what we're going to try to attempt together as a community is to let Jesus ask us these, these same questions. Uh, and we're looking tonight at the passage from John 1, and it's, it's printed on the back of your handout if you have your Bible, John 1, 35 to 39. What, what is happening, and we're going to be jumping around. These are not necessarily in chronological order. We're going to be jumping around to different Gospels. John is the fourth of the four Gospels that start the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is the gospel that begins in the same way that the book of Genesis begins, the very first book of the Bible. They both start with, in the beginning. And John 1 describes Jesus as the word of God made flesh. It says of Jesus that in him was life, and this life was the light of men. So this Jesus, who is the word of God made flesh, who is the life of man and the light of the world, is coming into the world. And he has come into the world. From there, we get introduced to a character called John the Baptist, and this can be confusing. John, who writes this gospel, is John, one of the 12 disciples. John the Baptist is a different guy. And we get introduced to this guy named John, who is kind of a strange character out in the wilderness, wears funny clothes, eats funny food, and he's preaching to the people and saying things like, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and he's baptizing them in the Jordan River. And so what we're going to see in this passage tonight, what's happening is that he has uh, he's identified Jesus. Some people wanted to know if he was a prophet. They wanted to know if he was the Messiah. And he says, no, I'm not the Christ. But now he's identified Jesus. And so what we're going to see is that he's going to point out Jesus and that two of his disciples, at least one of whom we know becomes one of the 12 disciples of Christ, go to see what the deal is with Jesus. So with that in mind, please read along with me from John 1, 35 to 39. The next day again, John, that's John the Baptist, was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and you will see. 
So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because he loves us. Let me pray, and then we'll get started. <coughs> Lord Jesus, uh, we're really grateful for the gift of tonight. Lord, uh, some of us have had an amazing beginning to the semester. Some of us have had a painful beginning to the semester. Some of us are already worn down and tired. And some of us are excited to be here and so grateful for what you're doing. Wherever we are, Lord, I I pray that you would meet us, that your Holy Spirit would be at work right now through your words, that we might know you and love you more and love one another. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On August 27, 2006... I met a cute blonde named Maggie. <laughs> We've got love on the mind tonight, y'all. Um, we, we met with uh, some of my high school friends. Maggie had lived with one of them in D.C. This is the summer before our senior year of college. And uh, she was in, in Knoxville to visit this friend. And we met a bunch of us, went out to Stone Cold Creamery and hung out and had ice cream. And, you know, sparks were flying. And uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, yeah, no, Cold Stone Creamy, that sounds right, that sounds right. We're having ice cream at a place, there's a, there's a stone thing there, right, you've been there, you've seen it. We're having ice cream, and uh, we end up going back to Katie's parents' house, and Katie and her boyfriend are there, and Maggie and I are there, and we are watching a movie in the sort of TV room, and Maggie and I had to kind of make our way to the living room of Katie's parents' house, and end up just like talking till three in the morning. And she had this amazing conversation uh, about life and God and the adventures that we hoped he would take us on as we tried to follow Jesus. At one point, she touched my knee, and I started to sweat a little bit. Yeah, it was crazy. Crazy night. And um, the, next, the next morning, we met up at Cracker Barrel. I went to the wrong place at first, but I eventually got there. I paid for her breakfast because that's how I roll. And as she's getting ready to leave to drive back to Knoxville, uh, I ask her if I, can, if I can call her. And so we make this, we make this plan that I'm going to call her on her drive back to Virginia to see how the drive is going. Right? And um, so, she, so she leaves, and I go back to, to my house, and I just start pacing back and forth, uh, trying to like wait a casual amount of time before I call to say, what's up? And so I'm checking, you know, the clock every 18-ish seconds, and uh, I wait about 90 minutes, and then she's kind of in that Virginia, Tennessee borderline area, and I, and I call, and I'm saying, hey, Maggie, like, how's it going? How's the drive? And she says to me, what are we doing? Ha- have you ever been asked a question that's so penetrating and so scary and so intense that you're completely overwhelmed and freaked out and you just don't know what to do or what to say? She said, what are we doing? And I, and I panicked, and my blood pressure, which was already kind of maxed out, goes up a little more. But then, thankfully, instinct kicks in, and I say, uh, we're talking on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot move. Th- this question totally, totally freaked me out. Because it's one of those questions that has a lot of deeper questions inside of it. Because she was actually asking me a question that was saying, what do you think about me? Do you think we might have a like, future together? Are you messing around and you're just going to like call me sometimes and I'm going to see what happens and eventually it's going like, to end? Are you ready to pursue me the way that I like, want to be pursued? Do you think you could be in a relationship? Like, that's really what she was asking me. And I was so startled, I was so taken back that I didn't really know what to do. 
That's, that's actually the kind of experience that people have with Jesus when he asks them questions. He asks them these kinds of questions that are so alarming, that are so penetrating, that cut to the very core of who they are, that they actually get overwhelmed and they, they, they usually don't really know what to say. And that's exactly what we, what we see in this, in this passage tonight. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm starting here because I sort of want to disclaim this series. I sort of want to prepare you to say that if you come to RUF, if you read these passages, if you listen to, to these words, the questions of Jesus are going to shake you up. They might make you afraid. They might convict you. They might alarm you. They might intimidate you. They're going to mess with you. And, and what, I, what I hope you'll see tonight, and what I hope you'll see as this series goes along, is that Jesus is actually doing that because he loves you. And he's actually doing that for our good. And as we, as we let ourselves receive these kinds of questions, he's going to do really good stuff in our lives. And so what I, what I want to look at tonight is in this question, and which I think is, is happening in all the questions of Jesus, and we're going to talk about these ideas each week, is that when Jesus asks a question, he's always revealing something about us and inviting us to something in him. When Jesus asks someone a question, he's always revealing something about us and inviting us to something in him, okay? So that's what I want to talk about tonight. So the first thing is that in this question, what are you seeking? Jesus is actually revealing something about, what, about us. He's actually showing us some true thing about what it means to be a person. I, this is actually in John's gospel. These are the first words that John records of what Jesus says. The very first thing that Jesus says is, what are you seeking? And like, what are we doing? It's one of those questions that has deeper questions underneath. And what Jesus is doing is he's revealing that fundamental to what it means to be a human is to be a person who is seeking. That at the core of what it means to be a human, that we are not persons who think, we are not persons who believe, we are not persons who act, we are actually persons who seek, who desire who long, who love towards something. That that's actually what it means to be a, a person. And so this question, uh, it, it's sort of a fundamental question of identity and experience after so, uh, as a human because it means it's assuming that we are people who are seeking after something. And so what I think Jesus is doing to these two men and what I think he might be doing to us is asking us to stop to slow down, to look at our lives, to pay attention to the deepest places in our hearts so that we can honestly answer this question of what we are seeking. What is the thing in your life that more than anything else you are going after, that you are pursuing, that you are longing, that you are loving towards? And it's actually a really difficult question to answer for a couple reasons. One, because it's really hard to slow down enough to pay attention to that sort of thing. It's actually really difficult to slow down. It's also really difficult because we seek after all kinds of things, all kinds of different things that we hope for and long for and love and desire in our lives. And at times those things can, theme, can, can seem lined up and at times they can seem to be contradictory. The, the other reason it's really hard is that because 
you live in a culture that sort of informs you and tells you. Like when you come to Washington and Lee and you show up at O Week and you start meeting the people and going out every night and going to those first classes and getting that syllabus shock that shakes you to your very core. Like it's a WNL saying, welcome, here's what you are seeking after. <coughs> and so one of the things I want to encourage you to do as we start this semester, and I know you guys are already a week and a half into school now, is, is to ask yourself, what am I seeking? If I could be honest, deep down in my heart, what is the thing that I am seeking after? One of the things that this kind of place tells you you, can be, you, you, sh you should be seeking after is the, the kind of academic and then job and resume and then financial success and security that's going to come from that path. That's one of the things that we're seeking after, right? One of the things that we might be seeking after is that feeling of uh, acceptance and value and worth that comes from success in the classroom. Or maybe acceptance and value and worth that comes from how we act at parties. Maybe it's the, that kind of admiration from other people, that sense of like other people look up to you and admire you and like you and respect you. We kind of want that from our peers. We want it from our coaches. We want it from our teachers. We want it from our mentors. We want it from our parents. For some of us, uh, the thing we're, we're seeking after that we're longing for is these kind of experiences of pleasure and fun and excitement. And we look for them through drinking and through sex and through great trips and through epic nature experiences on the mountains. We're looking for these experiences of excitement and thrill and pleasure. Some of us are longing for and seeking after intimacy. That sense of being known by someone and loved by them and knowing them and loving them back. We want to find that from our friends, from our boyfriend or girlfriend, from our pledge class, from our teachers, whatever it might be. We want that sense of intimacy. And for some of us, the thing we're seeking after is that feeling of satisfaction that comes from doing things the right way, from a life that is lived well and right and correct and proper. We know the right answers and we do the right things and it feels good. What are we seeking? Jesus is saying that this is a question that you actually can't avoid. You cannot pay attention to it, but you actually can't avoid it. And his claim, and I'm not, I know not everyone here tonight is a Christian, is that whether you're a Christian or not, this is just a part of what it means to be a human, that fundamentally at your core, you are seeking after something or some things. And so he challenges us to face this truth. He's revealing in this question that we're people fundamentally who seek. Okay, that's, that's what he reveals about us. The second thing I want, to, I want to say tonight is that Jesus also invites us to something in him. One, one of the things I love about this passage is how inadequate of an answer they make when he asks them this deep, penetrating, intense, core of your heart being question, what are you seeking? They say, where are you staying tonight? They, they do just what I did with Maggie. It's a cop-out. It's a deflection. I'm going to talk about something that is like, you know, technically not false. Like, technically you're driving up I-81 right now in your car, so I'm not wrong, but I'm not really answering the question. That's what they're doing. They're avoiding the question. And the reason this is so encouraging to me is because of what Jesus says next. Because I might expect Jesus, if I was in Jesus' place, I might say, hey guys, you didn't answer my question. Or I might say, uh, you know, wrong answer. You do not pass go, do not collect $200, go directly to jail. But instead, what Jesus says to this deflection, to this cop-out, to this inadequate, insufficient answer, where they avoid dealing with it, he says, come, and you will see. His response to their inadequate answer is an invitation to come with him.
And his invitation is not contingent on our answer. So when Jesus asks you this question, he sees that you're shaken. He sees that you don't really know what to say. He sees the conflicting desires of your hearts. And it's still enough of an answer for him. It's still enough. He looks at you and he says, come. Come and you will see. And, and by, by answering them and responding to them in this way, he's also re he's revealed something about us that we seek. He's also revealing something about himself, right? He's revealing that he's the one we should seek. That the affirmation and the joy and the purpose and the value and the worth and the intimacy and the love that we're craving is actually to be found in him. It's actually to be found when we seek him and only in him. This is part of the good news of the gospel that Jesus' posture towards us all the time is one of invitation, of come and you will see. That means that if you're here tonight and your attitude about Jesus is that you don't really need him and you're just fine on your own, his response to you is come to me and you'll see. It means that if you believe in some kind of higher power and you acknowledge God, but you don't think you can really totally understand that, the Bible must have it wrong because it's so old, his response to you is, come to me, and you'll see. If you're really conflicted about your longings, your desires, you're kind of living in that chaos and turmoil of, well, I, I kind of want this, but I kind of want this, and I kind of think God is good, but this is really fun over here too, his posture towards you is, come to me, and you'll see. And if you already know and love God, and want to know and love him more, his posture to you is the same. Come. Come to me and you'll see. One of the things that I want to challenge you to do, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, is to try to honestly face this question of what you're seeking. To, to take 20 minutes, maybe it's going back to your room tonight and, and, and turning your phone on silent for a few minutes before you start your homework or before you watch Netflix or before you hang out with your friends and take out a piece of paper and try to ans answer this question honestly. Like, what am I after? What am I hoping my life will look like? What do I want most? If you're like me, it's sort of like bullet points. There's a lot of things I can think of. And if you're like me, I know I should say God, and he's on my list, and that's legit, but there's all these other things that are crowding that out. But this is where I want to challenge you to start this semester, to ask yourself, to actually do what Jesus is asking, to stop and look and pay attention to your own heart and try to honestly answer this question. What are you seeking? What are you longing for? That, that's a part of what these questions are going to do. Each week as we, as we look at the questions of Jesus, we're going to see more and more revealed in us what it is that we're really seeking. And we're going to see more and more different ways of what it means to answer that invitation of Jesus to come. What does it look like to come to him? What does that mean? That sounds nice. What does it look like in my life to try to do that, to try to grow in pursuing Jesus and to take in the hand that he extends to me in invitation? That's what we're going to try to do each week. So if you're, if you're interested in that, I hope you'll come back to RUF. When, when Maggie asked me this question, what are we doing? Uh, I blew it. Like I failed. Stumbled, stumbled through these words. Uh, I wish I had said, well... You know, I think we both are feeling this, like, really cool connection, even though we just met, and we're wondering if it could, like, lead somewhere special. And honestly, I don't know, but I want to find out, and I'm going to pursue you until we do. 
Like, I wish I'd said, that would have been good. <laughs> That's not what I said. I answer the question on the surface, not the question underneath. And, and the beautiful thing about relationship, and we experience this with other people to, to a lesser degree, of course, than we experience it with God, is that it, in that question, even though it was revealing my uncertainty and my fear and my inadequacy, it was also an invitation. And as we kept talking and as I fumbled through my words and as I understood what she was saying to me more, it, it, it came out that we actually both were interested in seeing what would happen. That we actually did want to grow in knowing each other. We did want to actually grow in relationship. And like, here we are now. Jesus' questions are, are the most difficult questions for us. But they always invite us into something in him. And one of the cool things about this is that, and I don't know where you're at right now, but when you think about God, when you think about spiritual things, religious things, you're often going to feel like you're failing. You're often going to feel like you don't know the right thing. You're often going to feel like you're, you're stumbling over yourself trying to figure it out and you're inadequate and insufficient. And the beauty of this question from Jesus, it means that what he wants from you is not to know all the right answers. That's not what he asks of you. He does not ask you to always get it right. He does not ask you to stop messing up. He actually just asks you to seek him. He actually just asks you that. And I don't know if that sounds crazy or if that sounds impossible or if that sounds too good to be true, but if it does, come to him and you'll see. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, We are full of, of, of seeking and of desires and of longings and we're confused by them and scared by them and we love some of the wrong things too much and the right things not enough and by your grace and mercy sometimes we love you and experience your goodness. I, I pray that you would be at work in us this semester and I pray that you'd help us to start by paying attention to these longings, to what we are seeking after. We praise you and thank you that your posture towards us and the inadequacy of our answer to that question is come and you will see. I pray that we would. In Jesus' name, amen.